You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a wealth cap holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Hey, everybody. Uh, Devin, your host for today, the Portfolio Builders podcast. Um, I have a returning guest with us, Nathan. Super excited to have you back. Say hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you back on. We chatted last summer a little bit about infinite banking, um, you know, going over how the concept works, basically using whole life policies to fund other investments. Um, and we get a lot of questions about it. Chris and Taylor are huge, huge fans of whole life. They share about it on their social media all the time. So I'm constantly getting questions from our clients on like, how can they use that strategy? Uh, so I wanted to bring an expert on to help us dive deeper into the subject. And also this time really look at some actual numbers. So I volunteered some of my personal information so you could help run numbers and we can look at, you know, mm -hmm. illustrations or uh, projections, whatever you call them on what some real world examples would look like. So for yeah. those of us, for those that are either watching live or listening to the podcast that haven't heard you before, why don't you share a little bit about your background and how you, you know, came to be the guy that we go sure. to to share about infinite banking? Yeah. Um, I, I got into the, well, I, I always had an affinity for, you know, kind of personal finance and wealth management, but uh, my background is actually in engineering, so I'm a I'm a numbers guy, an analytical type person. And uh, a few years ago, I got the the uh, itch to dive into, um, you know, a personal finance wealth management endeavor of my own, and launch my own independent financial services group um, that is now known as Guardian Financial Group. Okay. And I've been doing this for a few years, but. Um, you know, we can do a variety of different things, but one of the things I really, really like to specialize and focus on is the infinite banking concept with whole life insurance. There are some other products we can uh, kind of utilize that concept with, but it's primarily whole life insurance, uh, as well as a few other, uh, you know, kind of protected safe growth strategies. But, um, you know, for the purpose of, of this discussion, we're obviously going to be focusing on the infinite banking concept. And that's something that I'm very passionate about, and uh, that's probably, I would say, my core focus with, with my clients, so. Right on. So for folks that have no idea what infinite banking means, can you give us kind of like a general overview of how the concept works? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I guess the, the 30,000 foot description would be uh, it's a properly structured type of whole life insurance policy that you can essentially leverage as a self-serving line of credit. So as you pay premiums into the policy, you build cash value into the policy. You obviously have a death benefit that comes along with it because it is built into a life insurance contract. But as you build cash value in the policy, uh, you're essentially building your own line of credit that you can borrow against. And, you know, there's a very specialized way we have to design and structure these policies in order to get them uh, to work the way we need them to work to be classified as, as an infinite banking policy, as opposed to just what I would call an off the shelf whole life insurance policy. There's okay. a very specific design and way we have to structure these. 
Uh, it's really about getting the cash value growing as quickly as possible uh, and putting kind of the minimum emphasis in, in dollars towards the death benefit. Uh, but that we get that cash value growing very quickly. It's all done uh, because it's inside of a, a whole life insurance uh, product. It, that money grows completely tax-free. Um, it's accessible, completely tax-free. Uh, so it serves as a, a very legal tax shelter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with the com- types of companies we're using, it provides a guaranteed rate of return plus dividends. We, we write these policies with mutual companies who have paid dividends to their policyholders. So they're paying profits to you as a policyholder year after year. And many of these companies have paid these dividends for like 100 consecutive years. So it's very safe, predictable, tax-free growth. But the beauty is that uh, with these carriers and this design is they offer what's called a participating loan, which means if you have, say, $100,000 in cash value in your policy, you can take out a loan against that. You could use that $100,000 to invest in something or or make a, a large purchase. But because it's a participating loan, the $100,000 inside of your policy is still growing and compounding uninterrupted. So, um, you know, normally if you were to make an investment or a purchase, there, there's always a lost opportunity cost anytime you spend money or make an investment. Um, you know, whether it's a, a car you might want to buy or a pair of shoes or whatever, or maybe you are buying a, a pair of shoes, but now you, that money can't be working for you and, and growing inside of an investment. So there's always an opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. But with infinite banking, you kind of get the best of both worlds and, and your your opportunity cost is mitigated, I should say, because that money can go towards making a purchase or an investment. But at the same time, it's still growing and compounding for you inside of the policy. So you, you don't miss out on the opportunity cost. So it's, you know, it's this idea of, of acting as your own bank, if you will, where you're self-financing purchases or investments uh, and because you you don't have that lost opportunity cost, um, you're effectively improving your rate of return uh, on investments or reducing the cost, if you will, on on purchases. Gotcha. So, if somebody wanted to get one of these policies, before we share numbers and kind of look at some actual examples, like, are there certain individuals that are a better fit? Is there like a minimum amount that you really need to be able to? like start one of these policies? Yeah, uh, you know, unlike like term life insurance, for example, people are, are typically taking a different approach in that with, with term life insurance, you typically have a death benefit number in mind. Maybe you say, I need a million dollars of death benefit to protect, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you qualify um, through, you know, your health and lifestyle characteristics and you're given a rate for that. And so typically you're, you're going to go out and find the best rate that's going to give you a million dollars worth of death benefit mm-hmm. with, with whole life insurance and the infinite banking concept design, we're not really focused on the death benefit at all. So we're more looking at what's your total monthly or annual contribution amount. And, you know, we're going to, I should say the death benefit is really just sort of an ancillary cherry on top, if you will. So a person's, uh, health and, and lifestyle circumstances are not as important. Uh, so unless you have some some you know major health complications, um, virtually anyone can can qualify for one. It does help you know if you're younger. 
obviously if you're you know 80 years old and you try and go start a whole life insurance policy the premiums are going to be pretty high because you know unfortunately you're nearing the end of, of life expectancy and so mm-hmm. that death benefit payout is uh you know not too far around the corner so the life insurance company is obviously going to charge you a pretty hefty premium to do that but you know, we, we work with pretty much anyone under the age of 60 uh, in most cases is usually a good fit if they're willing to pay into the policy for at least seven to 10 years. So that's really the only caveat is, uh, you know, this is not a, a place to dump a lump sum of money uh, or just pay in for a couple of years. You really need to be able to pay in for at least seven to 10 years or longer. Gotcha. Uh, in, ter- in terms of dollar amounts, um, the younger you are, the smaller dollar amount you need to make it work. Uh, so younger people can get started with as little as three or four hundred dollars a month. If you're, you know, say in your twenties, uh, if you're in, let's say your fifties, uh, you probably need to be closer to a thousand dollars per month. But you know, we could make it typically work anywhere in that five hundred to a thousand dollar per month range. And it can be gotcha. No, uh, no, no cap on the top end either. Okay. So how does, like, how would somebody decide how much they wanted to put in per month? Is there like any kind of reverse math that you do to help if somebody's trying to, you know, if they have an idea in mind of like what kind of things they're trying to finance with this policy, does that help to determine like, okay, this is the kind of policy we need to build and this is how much, like, Okay, so you can help reverse engineer the numbers that way. Well, you know, one of the, the the beauty of the way these are structured is that there is flexibility. So, you know, if you if you start with a policy that's uh, maybe you're contributing two thousand dollars a month, and something comes up six months into it, and you can't pay that two thousand dollars a month, maybe you only want to pay a few hundred dollars a month. Uh, you can do that. So the way we structure these, it provides that flexibility. So uh, there's typically flexibility to the downside. Uh, if you really want to start it working like a true infinite banking policy from day one, there's not a lot of flexibility to the upside. So if you started at $2,000 per month and we structure this as aggressively as we can, that doesn't really provide you the ability to put more into the policy in the future. Um, gotcha. So you have to keep that in mind, but it's really just kind of a function of uh, you know your appetite, your, your monthly personal budget. Um, you know, you are, you are locked in to, you know, at least a minimum amount every month. So, you know, it needs to be something that you're confident you can at least pay those premiums, but there is flexibility if you have, you know, some months here or there where you want to pay significantly less, but keep the policy in force. Uh, you do have the ability to do that. Gotcha. Okay. I personally was thinking more like the other way, like what if I wanted to dump more money into it could i do that um and it sounds like no not really (laughs) it's basically the answer yeah you can to an extent uh the problem is the irs and the government realizes the the tax advantages of these policies especially if you know we structure them in a very aggressive manner which we would for an infinite banking type of policy so they're going to put caps on the amount of money that you can overfund the death benefit with over, you know, a, a short period of time. So, you know, if, if you just, let's say you inherited a million dollars and you wanted to put it into a whole life insurance policy, um, that's going to create what's called a modified endowment contract. The, the IRS wouldn't allow that. 
Now, if you wanted to take that million dollars and say pay $100,000 a year in for 10 years, we could certainly do that. Gotcha. Uh, but, but there are, because like I said, the IRS knows that these are um, a, a legal tax shelter and can be very powerful tools, but they do put limits on you know, how aggressively you can overfund these. Gotcha. Okay, so do you think we should look at some some numbers? Is it time yeah. for that? Okay. Uh, yeah. So the first thing I, I, I'm a kind of a graphical visual person here. So um, let's see. I guess I need to share my screen first. Beautiful. And for any of you that are like listening to this later on the podcast, if you want to see the video. Uh, you can join the Real Estate Portfolio Builders Facebook group. The video will be in there. Or also, if you reach out to myself, Devin at WealthCapHoldings.com or Gage at WealthCapHoldings.com, we can get you the recording and any other information that you need. Um, if you're listening to the audio and you're like, whoa, I really want to see the numbers, uh, just reach out to one of us and we can get you a copy of the video. Awesome. So can you see my screen? I've got a blank white. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can. So, so the first thing I want to do is just kind of graphically show you where the beauty happens here and, and kind of visually how you're able to serve as your own bank. So, you know, if we're looking at a graph and I will say, pardon my bad mouse penmanship here, but if we're looking at a graph of dollars versus time here, Mm-hmm. And let's say, I'll just use a car for example, because everybody, most people drive cars and, and purchase a vehicle at some point in their life. So they kind of know what that process looks like. Yeah. But this, this could be the exact same uh, application towards a real estate investment. But let's say you wanted to buy a $40,000 vehicle. So if this is $40,000, the beauty with it, the infinite banking concept is if you have this money inside of your policy and you're going to leverage that as a self-serving line of credit, you can borrow the $40,000 from your policy. That can go towards purchasing the vehicle. You now have a policy loan against your, your policy that you are not necessarily required to make repayments, but uh, most people do make those repayments. The, the interest that is paid towards those policy loans is simple interest. So every time you make a repayment, that principal balance is reduced and the total interest that you, or, or I guess the interest that you continue to pay becomes less and less. Gotcha. So, so the interest you would pay on that policy loan over time would look something like this on a curve. Well, the beauty is that $40,000, unlike, you know, if you were to pay cash for the vehicle, that $40,000 is no longer able to earn interest for you. Mm -hmm. But because of the participating loan feature, that same $40,000 that went to purchase the vehicle is still growing and compounding for you inside of the policy. So the interest that you earn on that $40,000 is going to be compounding and looking something like this. So effectively what you've done is by sort of acting as your own bank, you've captured this kind of arbitrage spread of interest earned on this top curve, the cumulative interest earned inside of the policy versus yeah. the cumulative interest that you paid on the bottom curve on your policy loan. And you've made the difference that you put back in your pocket. So you've effectively arbitraged your own money to not only use the $40,000 to go purchase the vehicle, but because that money is still growing and compounding for you inside of the policy, 
you don't miss out on that lost opportunity cost. Uh, although it is offset a little by the lower curve, the interest that you paid to repay the policy loan, uh, you still end up as you know a net benefit because you were able to self-finance that purchase uh, with the policy. Gotcha. So, so that that's really where uh, kind of the magic happens in all this. And uh, just to, I've got a I've got a little Excel spreadsheet that I always show people when we talk about this. So. I've got the same example in here. Let's say, I don't know if you can read these numbers, but if you purchase a $40,000 vehicle, you take out that policy loan uh, from your policy. And let's just say you arbitrarily said you were going to make a $600 payment to repay that policy loan every month. And the policy loan, the interest rate you pay on that's 5%. The interest rate that you're earning inside of your policy is also 5%. But because that's compounding versus simple interest that's Principal balance is being reduced every time you make a policy repayment. Mm -hmm. uh, we can we can see the net benefit to you. So if I scroll down here, this column here shows the principal balance. So in month seventy nine, so in a little less than seven years, you would have repaid that forty thousand dollars. If we look at this column, it shows the total cumulative interest that you paid on the policy loan. Uh, it's just a little less than seven thousand dollars. This column over here shows the cumulative interest that you earned on that same $40,000, which is over $15,500. So the difference here on the right column is effectively what you made by self-financing the purchase. So you made over $8,500 or saved over $8,500, if you will, by self-financing the purchase of the vehicle. And that would be the same exact uh, result if, if this $40,000 were to go towards uh, a down payment on a real estate investment. Gotcha. That money goes towards the investment, but yet it's still working and earning interest for you inside of the policy. Gotcha. Yep. So if somebody's using those funds for a real estate investment, do you find that often your clients like are they using that for a down payment or they or are they using that for the entire purchase or does it just kind of vary hey hey if you are looking to transition from business owner or employee or salesperson or producer etc to investor someone who can build long-term wealth without the hassle or the headaches of dealing with all of the downsides that come with real estate then you should chat with somebody on our team you can go to wealthcapholdings.com slash book, B-O-O-K dash now, N-O-W. We have a team of licensed advisors who can help put together your game plan with your goals. Where do you want to be? How much passive cash flow do you want per year? And what markets should you be in to maximize your profitability, but at the same time, minimize and mitigate the downside? There's a lot of investment opportunities in the United States right now, but I got to be honest with you that what I've seen a lot of times, people are putting together deals for maximum profitability, but they're not respecting the risk involved in the game our team can help formulate a game plan for you tell you which markets to be in which ones to hit first and then potentially if we have a team in that market even source the deals for you there's nothing like what we're doing right now it is top of class in every category wealthcapholdings.com book dash now the call is free and the plans will be very 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 valuable for you hope to talk soon now back to the show yeah, you can do either. Obviously, uh, most people are going to use it for the down payment. So they're going to self-finance the purchase of the, the down payment portion of that, I guess. And 
you know, arbitrage their own money to capture this, uh, this spread of interest rates and, um, you know, not miss out on all that lost opportunity cost. And they're going to finance the, the remaining balance of the loan, uh, just like you would under a, a traditional financing structure for a home. Now, the numbers obviously get better if you use your policy to pay cash for the investment. Um, you know, it's just, a, it's just a larger amount. And so uh, the cumulative interest that you're earning on that larger number is going to be more. Yeah. And so your overall rate of return, when you look at, you know, in this example, the $8,500, that you effectively gained by self-financing plus the rate of return that you're earning on the real estate property mean that you earn an, an overall better rate of return. Yeah. In the investment because you've self-financed it utilizing your policy. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, to, to dive into some actual policy examples here at your request, we ran a couple, a uh, couple illustrations. For yourself. So <laughs> uh, we, I did this with a company called Forrester's Financial. Um, there's a handful of carriers that, you know, kind of check all the boxes that we need in order to uh, facilitate the infinite banking concept. Mm-hmm. Forrester's is, is one of the best. Uh, we really typically comes down between them and another carrier that, you know, 95% of the time we're utilizing. But uh, I illustrated this one with Forrester's. The first thing I want to show you here, and uh, let me highlight this so we can kind of draw around, is how your dollars break down. So with this policy, I illustrated you paying in a total of $1,000 per month, which you see down here. So this column here that shows monthly, this is showing where the breakdown of that $1,000 is going. So of that $1,000, only $55 of that is going towards the permanent death benefit. So the way we structure these, and I you know, mentioned that structuring is really key and important to making these work the way they need to work, mm-hmm. is that we are purchasing the minimum amount of death benefit that the IRS will allow in order for this to still be classified as life insurance and retain all the tax-free advantages. One other thing we're going to do, uh, this, this extra $21 right here, is we're going to buy a 10-year strip of term life insurance that we're going to blend in with that permanent strip. And what that does is it provides us a very cheap way to add a lot of additional death benefit in those first 10 years, which means we can more aggressively overfund the policy so that we get more and more of our dollars going straight to cash value uh, that are going to be growing at typically a 5 to 6% rate of return year after year after year. Gotcha. So, so of your total $1,000, you only have $76 per month that's going towards the death benefits. Mm-hmm. And you've got the remaining $923 per month that's going towards what we call paid up additions. And that's that's going directly to your cash value. And that's growing at a guaranteed rate of return of 4% annually, plus those dividends that the carrier is paying every single year, which effectively amounts to that 5 to 6% rate of return. Gotcha. So that kind of shows the breakdown of the dollars. Um, if we kind of scroll down here and look at how your money grows inside of the policy. Uh, here we go. So I don't know if you can read these numbers or not. Um, do I need to zoom in or can you read those? 
Uh, yeah, I can I can see them, but okay. probably helpful to articulate some of them as well. Okay. For folks yeah. That are listening. yeah. So one of the things you want to look for in, you know, if, if you're trying to structure a policy with an infinite banking design is kind of how much of this cash you have available to you uh, at the early stages of the policy. So over here on the left, you can see the, the, the annual premium that you're paying in. So $1,000 per month is obviously $12,000 per year. That's what mm -hmm. you're paying into the policy. If we look over here on the second column uh, from the right, this shows your total cash value. So at the end of year one, um, you've got almost $11,000 of the total $12,000 that you paid in available to you in cash value. So if these policies are structured, and let me back up. Some people may look at that and say, wait a second, I paid $12,000. $12, How come I only have 10,600 available in cash? That's actually uh, about the highest percentage that we can get it in year one in order for it to still be a legal life insurance contract and retain the tax-free advantages. Because the reality is that remaining roughly $1,300 went to purchase uh, your death benefit. Mm -hmm. So let me get our screen out of the way. You can see here, you started uh, this top row here at over $500,000 of death benefit. So that's where your, your other money is going to purchase that death benefit. Gotcha. But if we can get that cash value uh, growing to about 90% of your total premiums paid in year one, then you know it's a very, very efficient and aggressive design, which is really what the infinite banking policy is about. And from there, you know, it's, it's just going to compound and get better and better year after year. So, you know, if, if let's say you were uh, you wanted to purchase a property and you knew you, knew you needed $25,000 to put down on the property. Mm -hmm. you look at your cash value growth here. At the end of year three, you've got uh, almost 34,000. So somewhere there uh, after the two year mark, you would have enough money inside of the policy built up in your cash value that you could take a policy loan for $25,000. You could go purchase one of the wealth cap properties. Uh, you could begin earning your your rate of return that you know you show everyone in those beautiful pro forma spreadsheets that you put together to show them what their rate of return is going to be. Mm -hmm. That's going to perform independently on its own, regardless of where the money comes from. But the okay. beauty in, th in this is that that money is still working and growing for them inside of the policy. It's still compounding. And so they're not missing out on the lost opportunity cost of, you know, wherever that money came from. Gotcha. So again, it effectively improves the overall rate of return uh, and makes more efficient use of your dollars uh, yeah. and effectively uses your dollar twice, if you will. So if somebody like myself, uh, if I wanted, if I was like, okay, I want to be able to start using my dollars twice, but more yep. aggressively than this, yep. basically we would need a bigger death benefit to start if I was like, okay, Nathan, I want to do like five grand a month. Um, yep. Okay. Yep. So I, I structured a larger one here. Uh, this one's at $5,000 per month. So you see the total down here. Same gotcha. sort of, same sort of breakdown here. Obviously we have to purchase more death benefit because we're, we're funding it with $5,000 a month instead of 1000. Uh, but effectively the ratios are the same. So we're still buying 
basically the, the least amount of permanent death benefit that we can. We're blending in a strip of 10-year term insurance to give us a cheap way to, to buy more death benefit so, so that we can overfund it even more um, and make this a, a legal way to very effectively uh, grow your money. So yeah, let me see if I can scroll down here and see how those numbers compare. Yeah, so uh, let me zoom in here a touch so we can see these a little better. So same kind of thing here. Uh, you know, year one, you obviously put in $5,000 a month, so that's $60,000 per year. At the end of the year, you have almost $54,000 available to you in tax-free cash value. And then, you know, the other cool thing that, you know, people get fixated on using their cash value and the tremendous power of that, but you obviously have a, a huge death benefit that if something were to happen to you, especially in these early years, and you were to experience a premature death, that death benefit is paid completely tax-free to your beneficiaries and, you know, will be a, a huge multiple of what you paid in on the policy. So, yeah. you know, if you were to pass away in the first year, you paid $60,000 into the policy, well, the death benefit is going to pay $2.6 million. Yeah. So, you know, that's, again, kind of the cherry on top of, is that if anything were to happen to you, this is obviously an insurance policy at the end of the day. So, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, obviously uh, in terms of your rates there, again, that's about 90% of your money uh, that's available in the form of cash value at the end of year one. So we know that's structured very aggressively uh, to get that cash value growing as quickly as we can. And you know, unlike other, uh, like comparing it to taking loans from things like a 401k or things like that, mm-hmm. um, that's a possibility. But in, but in terms of extracting dollars out, you know, with a 401k or Roth IRA or any sort of other savings asset like that, um, there's all sorts of restrictions and early withdrawal penalties and things like that. Yeah. With this, there, there are no restrictions whatsoever. Um, you can start accessing your cash value after just 30 days. So, you know, you don't have to wait until you're 59 and a half or anything like that to access any of these funds. You can use them for literally anything you want. You could use that money to, you know, put a new roof on the house or make an investment or buy a car or fund your kid's college tuition. It, it does not matter. Gotcha. But like within 30 days, you wouldn't have that much cash value, right? Because you, you wouldn't have paid that much in. Well, unless, you know, I mean, unless you were paying a ton in. Yeah. So, I mean, month one, you're paying $5,000. So in all likelihood, uh, you know, you're probably going to have $4,000 at the end of month one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure people know, like, they don't have access to 53K for right. just investing five. It's math doesn't quite work that way. Um, right. But at the end of that first year, you know, you would have access to that $53,000 that you invested into the policy that's growing at four to 6% interest. You can then borrow that money to put it in an investment that's going to pay you 10 to 15% cash return. And then paying back the loan to the policy, basically you can do as fast or as slow as you want. Am I understanding that correctly? Yep. So, yeah. So you have complete control over the repayment terms on your policy loan. So, 
Um, in fact, you don't even have to repay the loan if you don't want. Um, and if you think about how simple interest works versus compound interest, um, use some round numbers. Let's say you've borrowed $100,000. Mm-hmm. Your, your policy loan interest rate is 5%. Well, if it's simple interest, that means that $5,000 of interest is added to your balance every single year. It doesn't compound. Um, it's just it's just ref- it's just calculating that interest based on the principal balance versus the compounding effect of of the growth. If that's also five percent, you're also going to earn five thousand dollars on your money that first year. But in the second year, you're earning five percent on one hundred and five thousand. So, you, you know, mm-hmm. you have the compound effect. So even if you chose not to repay your policy loan at all, the policy would still, in effect, pay itself off, pay the loan off over time. Do, do a lot of people do that or do most people pay the loans back? What do you most, see? Most people will pay them back because, um, you know, you obviously can't borrow more money than, than you have in the policy and the cash value. So um, your ability to borrow is going to be a function of your cash value, less any outstanding policy loans. So, you know, most people, most people, you know, have it in mind that they're going to use this in the future to, to hopefully repeat this process over and over. So they're going to repay mm-hmm. those policy loans to give them the ability to borrow uh, more and more money in the future. Gotcha. So can somebody have multiple policies? Like, let's say I, I started one this year for five grand a month. And then I don't know, next year I'm making a lot more money and I want to do another one since I wouldn't really have the opportunity to be like, yo, let's double how much I'm putting in there every month. Can you have multiple policies or does the IRS like frown upon that? Yep, absolutely. You can have multiple policies. Um, You know, some people, they may, in in the beginning when they're structuring their first policy, they may think that, you know, I, I want to eventually put more money into this in the future. So, if they want to use the same policy to do that, then we have to structure the policy less aggressively in the beginning, mm. basically buy a little more death benefit than you need to give yourself that extra headroom later if you want to overfund it more than you're currently overfunding it with. But I always recommend gotcha. to people, if, if you think that you know, your, your health and lifestyle circumstances are going to remain about the same, then let's structure this as aggressively as we can to start. Mm-hmm. And you can just take out another policy in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's no restrictions on how many policies you have. There's no restrictions on your income. You know, unlike a Roth IRA, you know, once you earn over a yeah. certain amount, you can't contribute. There's no income yeah. limitations. There's no contribution limits. I mean, we have wealthy people who put a million dollars a month into these policies. There's there's no cap whatsoever, as long as you stay within the IRS guidelines. Gotcha. And those those guidelines are based on just to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. The amount that you're able to put in every month has to correlate with the death benefit. Correct. Right? Like that's the the restriction. But there's no yep. there's no IRS limitation on how much a person could fund it, so long as they were getting enough of the corresponding death benefit. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, I mean, that's really cool. And to make sure I'm understanding,
understanding this correctly too. The so let's say I got this policy and I'm putting sixty grand in. Am I paying income tax on that sixty grand, or is that tax free? So the money you pay into the policy is post tax. So kind of like okay. a Roth IRA, you, you've already paid income tax on that. But once once you you know invested into the policy, there's no more tax consequences whatsoever after that. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Well, well, and, and I should say, you know, I think it's worth noting as we scroll kind of through time here uh, to look at how your money grows. Uh, maybe this line is a good, good number to pick. So at age 67, which is actually about average retirement age now, um, you would have paid a little over $1.7 million into the policy mm-hmm. uh, over here. And then if we look at the second column from the right, your total cash value is over $3.4 million. So, um, you know, just to show you the the compounding effect of how your money will grow inside of the policy. And then in addition to that, at that point in time, you have over double that amount of death benefit. So if you were to pass away, um, the policy would pay your beneficiaries nearly $8 million of tax-free death benefit. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's not a, you know, it's not a get rich quick strategy by any means. uh, And it's not super sexy in terms of growth rates, but, it is very, very predictable. It's not correlated to the stock market. Um, you know, the, the the carriers that are structuring these investments are using, um, you know, fixed asset classes that they're putting their money in to grow your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like AAA rated corporate bonds and, and very, very uh, low risk investments that are going to earn very, very predictable rates of return. Yeah. Well, sometimes those like fast and sexy things are. Uh, you know, they're risky, which is, is great. And there can be an amazing return. There's also considerable risk. Um, I, you know, I like real estate because to me, um, there's very little risk because I understand it and I know how to mitigate the risk and the kind of real estate investing that I do, or we do here at WealthCap, you know, why do we get single family? It's the slow, boring, safe, (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's yep. a slow, boring, safe, steady return month after month uh, with, you know, mitigated risk. Yep. So versus the the flipping and, you know, some of the other riskier things that you can do in real estate investing. Uh, so sometimes like get rich quick to me is not nearly as attractive as get really, really rich slow. Yep. You know, you pick, picking up what I'm putting down. Um, I heard a good quote in regards to that the other day that said, real wealth is built in a crock pot, not a microwave. So, yes. um, you know, just the slow simmer um, is going to oftentimes give you the best results. But I like that. I'm going to post that quote on my Instagram later. Real wealth is built in a crock pot, not a microwave. Yep. yep. I like it. I like it. This is like, this is really interesting to me. And then just looking at the numbers, like now that we're further down, seeing just like you showed, okay, you've paid 1.7 million in, but you actually have access to 3.4 million in cash. Like that's tax free. -free. That's quite, that's quite a bit. And, you know, over 30 years, basically. Yep. Right on. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, you've, you've doubled your money in 30 years. That's not, 
that's not earth shattering rates of return, but it's very predictable. And then, you, you know, you can't discount the fact that, again, if anything happens to you, it pays out nearly an $8 million death benefit to your beneficiary. Yeah, you're getting like multiple, multiple benefits with the investment. And then all along the way, you have access to whatever cash value is there to make other investments, arbitrage, to yep. put that money to work in other areas, pay the loan back. And all the while that uh, the money still is still growing. Thing. Yeah, like it's still, yep. still working. It's almost like... Um, it's like the quantum physics of money. If you'll like where an object can, can be in two places <laughs> at once. Do you know what yep. I mean? Like at first when you're trying to learn about it, cause I've, this is the second time we've done one of these trainings. I've listened to some things, um, you know, online and, and gotten some books and started to read about it. At first, it's like kind of hard for your brain to understand that the money can be in essentially in two places at the same, at the same time, still, still growing. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, if, if you crazy. look at, you know, if you look at a, I, I like to refer to this concept really as, as a, a glorified kind of savings account on steroids. It's going to perform better than a savings account. It's going to earn you a better rate of return than a savings account. It's going to give you tax-free advantages. And it's also going to have this death benefit tied to it if anything were to happen. But if you're comparing it to, you know, a savings account or whatever sort of vehicle you might be saving in alternatively, mm-hmm. I mean, your growth curve with infinite banking is going to be a compound growth curve. So it's going to look like this. Whereas the alternative is, you know, you you grow, you take money out, you start to grow again, you take money out, you start to grow again, you know, so it's this sawtooth compound growth curve that really doesn't compound that much because every time you, you take money out, you know, you, you, you ruin the compounding effect. Yeah. you know, you have that lost opportunity cost that, that no that money's no longer compounding for you. But with this concept, you know, you get that steady compounding growth the whole time that you're not missing out on, even though you're using that money to to go towards other things. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really cool. Yep. Do you, do you have any advice for somebody who's like just learning about this on, you know, if you, if you knew what you knew, what you know now that you could tell your younger self, um, what advice would you, would you give somebody? Um, you know, I started one of these policies for myself when I was, uh, I think I was 24 or 25. So, um, at the time I didn't even realize the power of these policies and and looking back, I'm like, you know, thinking that was just, uh, incredibly grateful that I, I had the foresight to do that, even though I didn't really have the foresight. It just kind of seemed like a, a quasi smart thing to do. But, you know, it's just it's so cheap for a younger person to to start. It doesn't require as much money. Your health is typically, uh, you know, better than it's going to be when you're, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 years older. Uh, so and obviously you have you have time on your side in terms of compounding. So um you know, your ability to, to fund one of these and get it growing and compounding nicely when you're 25 versus when you're 55 uh, is obviously much, much greater. So uh, like anything in investing, the earlier you start, the better. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, as long as you've got seven to 10 years that you can pay into these, um, we can still structure it and make it work very nicely. Right on. That's really exciting. 
so are you like, can you do these policies for anybody anywhere or do you only, are you only licensed in certain states? I'm not really sure how that works. Yeah, we can do these anywhere other than New York. So if you are a New York resident, uh, we cannot, but any other state we can. Uh, and this, I, I should say, uh, this is only available within the United States. So gotcha. uh, unfortunately can't do it uh, in Canada or, or any other countries, but in the okay. United States, absent New York. Yep. Yeah. So any, any of you folks in the U.S., not in New York, if you want to reach out to Nathan and get a little bit more information of what an infinite banking policy might look like for you, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you? Uh, I'm usually pretty active on Facebook, so you can reach out to me there or email me. Um, I'll, I'll post my email address in the in the comments, but it's just Nathan at guardianfinancial.co. Okay, awesome. And I'll make sure we put that in the uh, in the notes on the the podcast link too. So if anybody wants to get more information, you can reach out to Nathan or if you happen to have one of these policies and uh, are interested in, you know, arbitraging some of that cash value in turnkey real estate, I can help you with that. Uh, wealthcapholdings.com backslash waitlist will get you on the calendar. We can chat about what it is that you're, you know, that you're trying to accomplish and um, I can help you out with that. So everybody, thank you all for, for listening. And uh, thanks again so much, Nathan, for joining me and going a little bit deeper on the infinite banking. It was super helpful for me to see numbers, especially for myself, uh, what my own, <laughs> what my own premium might look like. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for making the time for us today. And anybody that has questions for Nathan, please reach out and we'll see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate, even without experience in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started by visiting wealthcapholdings.com book. That's wealthcapholdings.com book.